What up, Misfits? Welcome to the Misfit Heroes Podcast. My name is Chris, and together, we are going on a journey. Misfits, if you're new here, every episode I speak with guests that are doing extremely hard work to change the community around them for the positive. Now, oftentimes, these are nonprofit or outreach executive directors who focus on causes that directly affect the community around them nearby. Tonight's guests are a little bit different. Seth and Roxanne Brown are missionaries who seek to empower and love on the people of Haiti by spreading the love and word of Jesus Christ. Their mission is helping to rebuild a broken society that has been impacted heavily by natural disasters, poverty, political tension, and hit very hard by the COVID-19 pandemic. Haiti was widely in international news media when they experienced a 7.0 earthquake in 2010, which caused an estimated 300,000 deaths and more than 1 million injuries in a country with a population of just 10 million people. In the 12 years since the earthquake, nearly 30,000 citizens have still not recovered from the disaster. Seth and Roxanne are youth pastors at Coastal Family Church in Nagshead, North Carolina, and I was thrilled when they agreed to sit down with me in person. We discussed their journey into missions work, what their first mission trip looked like, the bonds they've created by sharing the love of Christ, and how their work in Haiti has affected their mindsets back here in America. All right, Misfits, are you ready to change the world? Then please welcome Seth and Roxanne Brown. Playing the Misfit Heroes podcast. Welcome aboard the crazy train. All right. <laughs> Here we go. I'm real excited to talk to you guys. You know, I uh, I enjoy that I get to sit down and meet you guys more in depth than we've met before. I'm like really excited about it too. So, wow. yeah, man. So uh, let's get started with like, uh, how'd you guys meet? You know, tell me, tell me the story of Seth and Roxanne. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be fun because every time we tell this story, there's like a five second story that Roxanne tells. And I have like a deep, crazy story. Okay. <laughs> All right. So then I'll tell the five second story. First. All right. Go for it. Go for so it. I was 18. Seth was 19. Yeah. And he lived with our best friend. His name is Colin. Mm -hmm. And so Colin was my youth pastor. So I've known him since I was 11. And youth pastor's son. Yeah, youth pastor's son. Yeah, okay. son, son. Okay. So um, we've been friends forever. And so he was living with Seth. Right. And he was like, hey, my friends are having a party. <laughs> you should come over. And yeah. I was like, okay. Sure. So it was... Um, Tenacious Tuesday. <laughs> Tenacious Tuesday. Oh, yeah, dude. Every okay. day of the week. Every day of the week had a name. Right. So I went over there. Everybody was just hanging out. We went and got Mexican food, Taco Tuesday. And um, so we met, and I thought he was cute. And so I <laughs> <laughs> never, you know, he says that I never went away. But, um, yeah, so I kept hanging out over there with my friend Colin and one day said that's for my number, but he also um, asked if I would give him a haircut. Oh, I was in cosmetology mistake. school. <laughs> <laughs> I had been in school for like two months. And he was like, you can cut my hair, right? And right. I said, yeah, yeah, I can totally cut your hair. Sure. Never cut a man's hair before, yeah. ever. So he was like, if you mess up, then I get to take you on a date. So I was like, Oh, yeah, well, you, I really want you, you to take me on a date, but I don't want to mess up your hair. And so I messed it up pretty bad, actually, no, <laughs> not on purpose. <laughs> and so we went on our first date. <laughs> you, you know, the downside to that is like if she does mess it up, like you, she, she's got to go on the date with you with the hair mess. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was my goal. I was like, maybe she won't mess it up. You know what I mean? Because we're going on a date. So, that's Roxanne's side of the story. Mine's very similar. I just say a couple other funny things. So. Yeah. We didn't listen to country music, me and my friends. And one day 
she was there at the one of the parties that she was talking about, and uh, someone took the radio over and put country music on. Oh no! And it was it, that, this song was actually "Wagon Wheel" Wagon by Wheel. Old Crow Medicine Show. Okay, yeah, but, yeah. So I was like, "Who put this on?" Like we don't live like we listen to Akon in this house, right? Like, Ti. <laughs> uh, so I walked into the kitchen, and Roxanne's in there, like, you know, dance with me, and I'm like, "What? Uh, all right." And I danced with her. And she told me that God told her that like I was a good person and blah blah blah. And I was like, oh, Christian girl, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. And I grew up, and we'll probably get to that. I grew up in a Christian house. I was like, I'm not going to that. So yeah, I walked away, and I, I didn't think much about it. And uh, yeah, she told me God told her that we were going to be together or whatever. And I was like, you're crazy. Yeah, you know that's not happening. <laughs> I'm not going back to church. And uh, some things happened a few months later, and. I was like, you know what? God put this girl in my life for a reason. I went to church with her because she says she wouldn't date me if I, unless I went to church. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to church and I was uh, I just dropped out of college and I was trying to figure out my life. And I had a car with no reverse. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. Oh, man. I was so broke. <laughs> you, you're, you're going one way fast. Oh, right? I was going one way. My man. granddad calls him one way. That's what my yep. <laughs> And uh, so she messed up my hair. So I was allowed to take her out to eat. And I knew about this really nice restaurant in Virginia Beach. And I was like, okay, I'll take her there because on Sundays, it's buy one, get one free on the meals. Right. But there's only specific meals you can get. So we go to the restaurant. She's like, why don't you do the valet parking? I'm like, uh, <laughs> I hate to tell you this, but we're pushing this thing yeah. out. <laughs> like, it, doesn't have, it doesn't have reverse. Yeah. So she was like, okay. And like, you would think, right? Like, uh, Roxanne, you know, like had these expectations. I thought, you know, as a man, you're like, oh, she has all these expectations. There's no way I'm getting a second date. Yeah. But she was just like, okay, I'll help you push the car out. And I was like, Oh, that's a keeper. Yeah. I was like, what <laughs> just happened? So uh, we went to the dinner and I kept convincing her, like, you got to get the tortellini. <laughs> it was one of the free meals. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I was like, and she, like so I, she didn't no, know. No, really. You have to get it. <laughs> no, and I, I went to public school. She went to private school. So I was a little intimidated. At, and like, she just got of went with the flow. And then I got, you know, she helped me push the car out. And I was like, there's something about this girl. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why is she hanging out with me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, a Christian girl. And I, you know, I knew a lot about the Bible and God, but I was, I wasn't really serving him at the time. Yeah. And I was just like, why are you around? And then, you know, God revealed that a couple months later. Right. Yeah. 13 years. <laughs> awesome, man. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> so, so you were, you were going to church and everything. You were, you were saved, <sighs> but not living right. Or you weren't saved yet. Yeah. So I got saved, uh, Seven. I was about seven years old. I remember sitting on the couch with my dad and having the born again experience and becoming a new person. Right. Um, and then some things, church stuff happened. My dad was a deacon in the Baptist church. I grew up in a very strict church, like right. independent Baptist. So very, very, very strict. And uh, I hit like 15 or 14. And my dad told us we were allowed to make our own decision at that point to go to church or not. Right. So me and my brothers were like, peace. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> uh, I've been going, like we lived in churches and my dad, uh, he went to Bible school for a little bit, just like started and was planning on being a missionary with some friends of theirs. And I was like, you know, that was kind of my passion. Like when I was, before I decided to get out of the church, I was like, you know, I want to be a missionary. Like some kids want to be, you know, a firefighter. Some want to be a police officer. I wanted to be a missionary. Like that's what I wanted to do as a kid. Right. But then when I hit like 15, you know, just some things happened in the churches we were going in and uh, we, we, I just didn't go back. Yeah. Honestly. And then those things are called adolescence. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so like, she's like the story, um, you know, I didn't go back. I didn't at all. I didn't even really step back in a church at all. 
Yeah. You know, I didn't really go to youth group. If I did, it was like with my girlfriends, you know, whatever. And I would go and check it out and never really dove back in, stop reading my Bible. But I always had like that. Um, I was explaining to one of our youth just the other day because now we're youth pastors. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have that conscious, you know, the Holy Spirit's inside you. And like, I never yielded to that, but I felt it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I know I was saved. So some people think, did I have another born again experience? And no, that's, I did have a revelation about 20. <laughs> I was about 20. Yeah. But I knew that even through high school when I was doing things and I was going, there was like this conscious building up inside me yeah. that took, I just didn't yield to it. I just was like, I ain't listening to that. And that's the same thing I felt when I met Roxanne. I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, yeah, I'm not going into that, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's a good girl. I'm not going to corrupt her. <laughs> Little did I know God had in store to corrupt me. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I grew up a believer. My dad and parents, are they've been together since they were 15. Yeah. You know, so I, I grew up in a great home. It's just we just I, I just didn't go to church for a while until I was about 20. Yeah. How about you, Roxanne? So I did grow up going to church. I got saved when I was 11. Yeah. And so I grew up going to the same church. And it was actually the same church that Seth's family went to when they lived in Suffolk. Um, His dad was in the Navy, so they moved around a lot. Sure. So it was actually the same church that he grew up in, too. We were just there at separate times. And had completely separate friend groups. So that's how my friend Colin, I was telling you about, I was friends with him like at church, but then we didn't go to the same school. So he had a separate group of friends that he hung out with too, just naturally. And so that's how we never met. But it's really funny. So my first missions trips that I went on, I went to Ecuador when I was 15. And then Dominican Republic, I went my junior and senior year in high school. But um, it's funny because his parents had thought about doing missions and the missionary family that they knew in Dominican Republic is actually the one that I went to Dominican Republic with. Oh, that's yeah. World. So, and <laughs> so. we didn't really even figure that out until a couple of years ago. We were like, wait a second, like, right. that's the same people that I was with. <laughs> so God had a plan for us to meet either way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were destined. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. So how did, uh, so you guys have both, it seems like been, like missionary minded, you know, from yeah. the start. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So how did Haiti come about? Okay. So I, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I took dance my whole life from the time I was three until I was 28. Yeah. And I was um, working and taking classes at a studio in Suffolk, Virginia called Alange. Okay. And so one of the students at that studio, her parents are Chris and Christina Serber, and they have Supply and Multiply, which is a nonprofit organization with is who we go to Haiti with. Okay. So the dance studio was bringing together a group to take to Haiti with them. Sure. So I was going to go and be one of the chaperones too. So, um, and we had also always talked about going on a mission trip together, but we didn't know how to go on one together because in right. high school I went with my youth group. Yeah, so yeah. like, who do we go on a mission trip with? Where do we go? Right. So that opportunity came up and said, was like, no, I'm not going. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> and I was like, just come to the information meeting. Like just cause you come to the meeting doesn't mean that, you know, you're signed up, you have to go. Right. So um, I'll let him tell that part of the story in a minute. But so that's how we found out about Haiti. And so we did go. Our first trip was in July of 2018. Okay. And we went and it Mm -hmm. rocked our world in a great way. And now we're like, want to go all the time. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So my, my funny story behind that is I kind of explained in my salvation story and how I was moving forward. And at 20, I started getting back in church and we 
we shout out to Pastor Matt. I'm gonna tell him about this podcast. He's gonna listen to it. <laughs> but uh, Pastor Matt, who's married us, and uh, he started a church called Three and One, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just on. It was such a good church. It's a lot like yeah. Coastal, right? And me and Roxanne were the young couple, and just like I don't know. I was like, I don't really know how to get in, you know, whatever. And Pastor Matt just was like, you know, just pray about it, pray about it, and about. You know, it took me about five years <laughs> and about 25. I had a I was in prayer one night, um, just had a Holy Spirit movement saying, hey, like, I got a big plan for you. You need to get and out. I, I was really overweight at the time. I know that's funny, but right. um, I was working for the government. So I was eating good <laughs> and traveling around Been there. <laughs> and uh, so he told God told me the Holy Spirit just told me, like, you need to get your body, mind and soul right. You know, you need to learn the word. You need to get your body prepared to go. And I'm like, go where? <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, you just need to get your um, mind right, like mind wrapped around missions. And I was like, specifically missions. And I was like, I don't want to be a missionary. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't even really have a calling. To, I was already traveling. I didn't really want to go to other countries and spread the gospel. Right. Um, I had more of a mindset of like in town gospel spreading and yeah, but he was like, no, you, you know, I just felt God was telling me you're going to go be a missionary. And I was like, I don't know. I'm not going to paint houses. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like every missions thing I hear. <laughs> of very is, specific. It was, it was every mission thing I've ever heard of is like, you go paint a house. I'm like, well, then you're just taking jobs away from the people that live there like they need jobs why would i go to a different country and pay the house and roxanne tells me about taking 20 girls to haiti and i'm like <laughs> i'm out i am not going she's like just come to the thing and I, I was working that morning and i was like okay i'll go i got off work and just went and uh met this guy named chris server and the first thing we sit down and he looks at all of us and he goes this isn't going to be your normal mission trip and i'm like who is this guy? <laughs> and uh, he, he was like, we ain't paying any houses. We're not taking an Instagram picture. You know, we, we're going to show God. We're going to go show the love of Christ. Yeah. And I was like, like literally like, Sold. Back. yeah, yeah right? I was like, who is this guy? And how do I get to know him? Right. You know what I mean? That was my first. And I literally, you know, two weeks before this is when I had that prayer moment, you know, like, you know, a couple years before it was a couple years. Sorry. But like, it was like, oh man, like, who's this guy? Like that God put it in my life. So, that day I talked to Chris and he was like, yeah, man, Haiti's not that like, we're not going to paint. Like if we need a painting, we're going to hire Haitians. Maybe we help them, yeah. but we're going to hire a crew. And I'm like, okay, like I'm very interested now. So we signed up Um, when we went and we just, I just, we went all in we started like, I don't know, trying to figure out how to deal with 20 girls in a third world country. <laughs> right. Uh, went to all the meetings. And then the night before we were supposed to leave, can I tell the story? <laughs> but the night before we were about to leave chris chris is like we take a picture together packing up and we're like ready to go and send it out to the group chat you know like all these girls and stuff and chris calls and he's like are you guys still going yeah (laughs) like what do you mean we were leaving in like four hours what are you talking about and he's like everyone just backed out the whole crew the whole team just backed out you know we'll get into haiti a little bit more but he was like the whole team just backed out like i don't know what to do like you know, are you guys still going to go? We, we like, I'm going. And I'm like, yeah, we're, we're still going, you know, yeah. we're going to follow God's calling on our life. Cause it wasn't, we could get into that a little bit, but like missions, you know, even if you're going for a short trip, don't just go. Cause it sounds fun. Yeah. You know, go. Cause it's a calling. Cause if yeah. you go, cause it sounds fun when things come up, you'll get let fear take over oh, yeah. because it's not a calling of yours. And I was like, Chris, this is a calling. Like God told us this was going to happen. And if it's with or without you, we're going to go somewhere. Yeah. And uh, so we went that morning without the whole team <laughs> yeah uh, just roxanne and i and some two other people jumped on board just because it was free pretty much <laughs> and they went and like roxanne said that was 
that was the beginning and the end. That was it. Haiti rocked our world. Yeah. Uh, gave us a whole nother perspective of love, Christ love, um, what it looks like in a third world country to serve God, serve the same God we serve here. And, uh, we haven't been the same since. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how God will make a way with these things too. You know, yeah. like, uh, like, I don't mean to interject my own story, but I'm going to do no, it anyway. No, so, <laughs> so we went on a um, on a missions trip through Coastal a couple of years ago, and uh, and we went down. It was me and um, and Steve Garza, shout out Steve Garza, <laughs> David Pennington, and Brent Jones, and we went down to Florida after a hurricane. Okay, and like we weren't supposed to go to Florida. We were supposed to go to Texas. And through Samaritan's Purse, the organization that we went for, they, you know, they said, actually, we need people down here in Florida. We've got plenty of people in Texas right now because it's mm-hmm. all over the news. But we had a hurricane a couple of weeks ago in Florida and like people came and now they're like dipping out and we don't have a lot of people. So we go down there and like all these things that um, that were uh, like we weren't supposed to have happen. Like they just it, it's like you could see where the the plane was like, you know being made for you. Yeah. Right. And like, uh, like we, there was one day we didn't have any tools and then all of a sudden the neighbor shows up and he's like, Oh, you guys want to use my weed eater and like all this yep. stuff. And like, you know, it was, it was crazy how I started seeing all these things. And then finally it all ended up with, um, this woman, she had had the roof off of her house. So for like three weeks, she's been living in this house with no roof. Wow. So if it rains, I mean, it's got to rain in three weeks. It's going to rain, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And she was, she just broke down and she was saved and it was an old woman um in her like i want to say like in her 70s mm. and she was like you know like getting to pray with her and it was like the whole time i was like man they just brought me down here and i'm just moving i'm moving drywall back and forth i don't have any skills <laughs> like i got nothing you know yeah and then the last day like to see that and like the impact that it had on that lady and her life changed you literally get to see it yep. that's like yeah. that's like the crazy thing about missions and yep. i'm sure like that's in that's in naples florida which it's like in Naples, Florida, they have like, you know, very rich housing and very yeah. poor housing. In Haiti, it's got to be not very much rich housing. <laughs> no. Yeah, right? So, I mean, what was that like for you guys down there? I mean, tell me tell me about mm. your experience, your first experience. Like, what happens when you get off the oh, plane? What, paint the picture for us. Okay. So, you get off the plane and the airport's crazy. So, you get off and they're playing like the, I don't know, I call them like the tropical music, like the typical like Caribbean kind of music. And so it's like loud, it's exciting. And then you get out of the airport and it is wild. Like there's people everywhere. People are trying to help you carry your luggage and, but it's not, for free. Right. <laughs> so right, it's right. like you have to they're be like, to okay, yes. they're trying to get your bag, but not because they're trying to be helpful. They want to make a couple dollars. Right. So, you know, Chris is like, okay, like don't talk to anybody. Like we have our people, like just we you want to get out of the airport. So we're like, okay, so that was fun. Like that was chaotic. So um our first trip. Oh man. So we actually <laughs> so we left the airport, stopped at a store and grabbed some stuff for lunch. And we had to go wait at the bus stop for like an hour, we were thinking, because the other team that we were going with, they had been there all summer. So they just took a couple days in Dominican Republic. So they were riding a charter bus back and we were all going to drive to where we stay together in Haiti, which is about two hours away. Right. So we were supposed to wait there for like an hour, like no big deal. They'll be here soon. (laughs) It's like four hours. Oh yeah. (laughs) And so they get there and there's two cars. 
So there is a Dodge Dakota truck that they've put like a cattle car kind of thing in the back that we all sit in. Right. And then there's a Suzuki something, you know, like those cars from the nice are like a tracker. Yeah. yeah, 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 So it's, it's that. Yeah. Yeah. So then, and there's like, 20, 25 people. <laughs> Pile in. And all yep. of our, all of our luggage. <laughs> and so Seth and I are looking at it like. How this isn't going to happen. <laughs> like, are, is there a, like another car is coming or you know what? Uh, so we all squeezed in there. I mean, we're sitting on top of each other, on oh, top wow. of luggage, on top of the truck. And we we're like, oh, my gosh, this is so fun. And said this looking at me the whole time like, <laughs> I cannot me believe like, you talked me into doing this. Yeah. Or <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. So um, we got to. So it's called the Fish House is where we stay. We yep. stay in a fishing village. So okay. they just call it the Fish House. Right. And um, so we get there and it's dark. <laughs> and so Seth is like. I don't know where I am. Like, I don't even know if something were to happen. I don't know how to call anybody. I don't know where I'm at. It's dark. And I'm like, it's going to be fine. So, um, that was day one. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> and yeah, so she's ahead. missing a little part. Cause like I said, the whole team just backed out and yeah. there's reasons why they backed out. Oh, I mean, yeah. They, Oh yeah. I was going to ask. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, there was like a lot of riots that week and a lot of things going on with the government. So usually they put block roadblocks and in Haiti, that's how they get the government to move. Like okay. you don't get the government to move. by go talking to them at parliament or whatever you get it <laughs> by blocking the roads. There's one highway. So oh, wow. you block the roads. Gorilla. The whole country stops. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, so uh, that's why they, they uh, gas prices were insane. Yeah. And in Haiti, they're always insane. But at that moment, gas like pri- the government started, they can't tax anything mostly in Haiti. So they tax the gases. Oh, wow. And it was like $20 a gallon. So the people rioted and, and caught one of the gas stations on fire right by the airport. Oh, wow. So that's why everyone backed out, you know, which if you're going to go to Haiti, anybody out there, these things happen. It's, yeah. it, it is a part of their culture. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily in danger. We had to find that out, but you know, so I'm already in the mindset, like how do I protect my wife? And then, then she tells that story and I'm like, <laughs> okay, it's dark. I have no idea where <laughs> yeah. I just drove two hours in pitch black. Cause there's no electricity. You know what I mean? And I right. like, where are we? And we get off there and everyone's like so happy to see us. I'm like, I don't know you people. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know anybody here. I don't even know the people we came with. And, uh, yeah, so that was our first night in Haiti. I was like, I'm never sleeping again. Uh, yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it went from there. Uh, kind of like we were talking. You were just talking about like steps. God just started revealing Himself. Yeah. Every step we took, like you know, uh, the Bible verse that you love. You know, uh, blessed are the people that spread the gospel. Blessed are the steps that yeah. spread the gospel. Yeah. And uh, that's literally it. That's what you were going through as well. Just that Bible. You were walking out that Bible verse. You were being blessed, not because. You did anything just right. because you took the step of faith, step of faith, step of faith. Yeah. I preached that to our youth. It's like, it's not the big steps. You think of everyone that takes those big steps, you know, and you're like, oh, cool. Look at the guy on TV. No, it's it's that one step of faith to go to Florida, even though you weren't supposed to. Or right. go to Haiti in the pitch black and like, I have no idea where I'm at. I have you no put, idea. Exactly, yeah. You yeah. just put your faith in Christ and yeah, he'll reveal it. It will bless you and bless the people around you. And we've seen all kinds of stuff like you were just talking about in Haiti. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, from our first trip to the, the last one we were just on a couple months ago. So how many trips have y'all been on? Five. Five. Yeah. Five. We yeah. went on our fifth one in February. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love you guys heart behind it. I can tell that you're like, it's like your thing. <laughs> yeah, oh, it definitely is. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, the, what is the saying that we need Haiti more than Haiti needs us? Yeah, that's actually <laughs> she's what wearing shirt the I shirt. Have oh, are you serious? <laughs> I need Haiti more than Haiti needs me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we long for it. You know, it's a, it's a definitely if you 
if you're around us more than five minutes, you know, it's our heart. Yeah. Our heart is in Haiti. It's, it is what it is. The country is broke. It's beautifully broken is how I explain it. It, it, Just because it looks different than this country doesn't mean it's not right. Yeah. Does that make sense? There's a lot. I mean, there's wrongs with this country and there's a lot of wrong with that country, but when I'm there, I'm, I'm whole. Yeah. yeah, you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's, 100%. Uh, it's definitely God has put it on our heart. And even like last summer, we went to Kenya. You know, we I wanted to try something different. And I was like, maybe Haiti isn't it. You know, like let's just not put all our eggs in one basket quite yet. You know, we're still trying to walk this out. And we were we came back and I was like, let's not think about Haiti the whole time we're there. Like we agreed, yeah. let's just enjoy. And man, I enjoyed Kenya. Like, yeah, I really did. The country's beautiful and mm-hmm. uh, the people are amazing. And uh, <laughs> we were back for what a week. We didn't even talk about it. And we both just like broke down and we're like, it's Haiti. You know, yeah. it's Haiti. We just, there's something about that, the people there and the country that just, you fall in love with it. Yeah. And it's hard to not think about it daily, every day, every second. And uh, so one day we believe God's calling us to be missionaries. They're full-time missionaries. We just don't, we're just walking that out right now. Yeah. yeah. You know, it starts with something like, that's why I come up and just talk about Haiti. Cause a lot of people see a bad light when they see Haiti, you know, especially in the Western. It's the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Yeah. So people look at it as a bad thing or like, look, like, how can we fix it? How can we do this? Well, I'm here to tell you, like, look at it as it's beautifully broken just because it's not our society or our country or, you know, yes, their president just got assassinated and different things have happened. They're beautiful people they in a are. beautiful country. Yeah. And yeah. we're not going there to change it. You know right. what I mean? I'm not right. going to go there and change every Haitian in the fishing village. You know, we're going to go and show the love of Christ. We're going to go hold go. a kid's hand. Yeah. You know, we're going to go give elderly food because yeah. that's what, you know, we're going to go help the widows. Yeah. That's what the Bible calls us to do. Not to go and change a country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. I, I, I think it's super impressive. You know, I, uh, I, we were talking a while back, um, just, you know, in passing about it. And I could tell that your, your passion for it, you know, you had, um, it's clear that you guys have created some relationships with the people down there. And like, you have this like sort of unreal, like non family, family bond. You know what I mean? Like I could, I could tell that it came across Mm -hmm. in what you're saying. Um, yeah, I mean, Haiti's kind of crazy because I was doing a little research about it the other day. Because honestly, I don't, I know, right? <laughs> I know. Don't get me on Google. Uh, yeah, right? man. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the only thing I've really heard about Haiti, aside from like, you know, it's tropical. I had, I had some friends that lived in, uh, in the DR in Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they were like, yeah, we don't really go to Haiti. I mean, yeah. Like they lived there for like a year. Like, yeah, we don't really go there. It's not, no. you know, um, but you know, I remember, I think in like 2010 was when they had the earthquake. Yep. I was reading that they still have a large portion of their population in 2022 that hasn't recovered from that earthquake. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's insane. Like, I, I, feel, I feel like if that happened here 12 years later, like, think about like Hurricane Katrina and like, you know, if people hadn't, I don't, I don't think many people have fully recovered from that, but if they hadn't recovered like at all, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, the orphanages is the first place I'll go. Yeah. I mean, a lot, and you know, we'll have some Haitian friends probably listen to this podcast and stuff and, uh, they'll tell you, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say anything that they wouldn't say. I mean, a lot of them, you know, they're, they just got put in orphanages and taken away from their family and not wow. just because they couldn't find them. Right. And like, who knows? Yeah. You know, is there parents out there? We don't know. Uh, you know, a lot of missionaries came in and thought they were doing the right things and started these orphanages. And the funding in Haiti at the time was insane. 
Yeah. I mean, go fun Haiti. It was everywhere. Like Tom Cruise was on TV telling people to fun Haiti, go fun Haiti, go fun Haiti. Right. Well, what did that do? What it would actually was accomplished. So there you go. Right. It's yeah. been how long? What did it accomplish? Well, we still see, you know, street kids that are like, you know, now they're becoming a little more older, but they were affected by that and they like, yeah. can't find their families or are just told they're deceased. But, you know, the country was pretty much torn apart. So wow. it was, there's still a lot of effect on that. Um, and, and it's spiritually too. Uh, it broke them. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you bury, how many people was it? Oh I can't remember the number right off the top of my head, but when you bury that many people in a day. I was seeing something like 30,000 people displaced. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah, and that's it was insane. Yeah, I believe like I don't want to say the numbers. I don't remember off the top of my head, but there's a seminary we passed just that they mass buried people, mm. and you know that's a that weighs on you spiritually. You yeah. know, as a country, as a community, it's a it's only a country of 10 million people in a very small area. Yeah, <laughs> so it's 10 million people on top of each other. So they right. know a lot of people, you know, and yeah, we still see it in the orphanages where my heart goes immediately when I think about the earthquake. Um, and family members just split up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the infrastructure too. I mean, we'll, you'll still see houses that never been rebuilt or things that have happened, but a lot of missionaries came in and tried to do the right thing. And some of them did, and some of them didn't. Uh, and you see that you really do. I mean, I won't call out certain names, but even in our town that we go to called Moe, um, you know, there's a, a famous person built like this nice thing, you know, like this super nice building and I've never seen it open. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to put his name out there, but, you know, it's just like, it's just like, okay, that was a good idea. But what's the fruit of that? Like, where's the, where, where did that go, come from? It was just go on Haiti and let, now what? Yeah. You know, and uh, so it, it did, man. And there's a lot of things there, a lot of different things. I don't really get into politics, but right. a lot of things with our president did at the time, putting rice in the country, U.S. rice. Sounds great, right? Yeah. Like, hey, give him rice and, uh, They'll figure it out. Well, uh, you know, the country was like, okay, well, if you're going to give me free rice or cheap rice, why would I go have farms? Why would I go farm this rice? Right. So, like, the farming of rice after the earthquake has gone down like 80%. Oh, wow. You know, because the hate, and we still give them rice. <laughs> <laughs> so, when we eat rice there, we eat, it says on the bag, US rice. And you're like, wow, like, no, like, let's equip them to get back into the rice fields and stuff like that. And that just hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, exports and stuff and imports are important there. And that's why it's a different country because there's not a lot of, you know, food available from them. You yeah. know what I mean? From their country. So it does make it difficult. The earthquake was rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It amazes me. Like, um, you hear all the stories of the things that are going on. And like this week, like, mm -hmm. um, all anybody, all I ever hear anybody talking about this week is Will Smith smacking Chris. <laughs> oh my gosh! That's, that's yeah. all I hear about, right? <laughs> oh yeah. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, you know, for all the news stories that are on that, you know, and I, I go back to what we were just talking about. About it's been 12 years, and people still haven't rebuilt their lives. It's yeah. like, where are our priorities? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, man, you're speaking my language now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean. We're called from the Great Commission to go throughout the world, spread the gospel, baptizing, helping the widows, helping the orphans, you know, helping the poor. Yeah. Hey, that's one of the ones on the list. I feel like we forget that one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll focus on these things here, which is fine. I'm down with that. I mean, I'm a youth pastor in America, so yeah, 
I obviously have a heart here too. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, we do. And, and that influences them too. You know, like our friend Dave just posted our Haitian friend Dave about the slapping. Did you see the post? Yeah. That was so funny. <laughs> and like, you know, so they're influenced by this stuff too yeah. that you put on social media. That's why Roxanne and I are very careful what we put. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, we influence Haiti a lot as Americans, even though we don't know we're doing it. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> It's hard to like live the both worlds, you know, and they collide often. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so with the um, missions, things like that, do you guys do like any projects or anything or what? I mean, is it specifically evangelizing or what exactly what's what's your focus on when you when you go on these trips? OK, so usually when you go on a trip, so supply and multiply, they have a couple of different um things that they have that they help out with. So they have the Matthew 25 house okay. and that is a home for the elderly. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of elderly care in Haiti. So a lot of the time people have to choose, you know, am I going to feed my child or am I going to feed my elderly mother? Right. And you may not have money to do both. So you're going to feed your child. Yeah. So there's not nursing homes. There's not hospice, stuff like that. So they um, have built a house and they have, I think it's 11 um, elderly that live in there. So we have, they hire Haitian staff to come and cook and clean and help them with any medication they're on, take them to the hospital if they need it. Um, they sometimes have physical therapists come in and work with them. Um, so we always go and visit them. So they love for you to read the Bible to them. It doesn't matter what it is. Hmm. You could just open it, pick a page and read it and they would love it and listen to it all day long. (laughs) And, um, there's one little guy, his name is Etienne and he is the cutest thing. Oh my gosh. (laughs) He loves to dance. So, you know, we'll read to him and then I'll say, Etienne, sing a song for me. And he'll sing up and dance. It's just awesome. (laughs) So, um, they also have different school sponsorships. So you can sponsor a child to, um, you know, go to school. There's no public schools. They're all private. So you have to pay to go to, to school. You have to pay for your books, your uniform, um, so that's really the only way that you go to school is if you pay for it. Right. So we always go and see our school sponsor kids. Um, they're usually in the village that we stay in. So, um, they always, you know, go around and see them, but we also go and do different Bible clubs. So we call them jam clubs. So it's Jesus and me okay. and, and Creole is Jay-Z. I'm when, yeah. and, um, so we do jam clubs. So we have them where we stay, we open it up to all the kids in the village. So, well, the way that we start that to tell them that we're there, we just blast really loud, fun music <laughs> and we open. Um, and it's like, come. Yes. yes. We oh, open the do. gates and they just flood on in. So yeah, they come in. Awesome. We usually will do like a song or two with them. And then somebody will give a Bible lesson and then usually a craft that goes with it or just a craft. And then they we always make sure that they have clean water and a snack before they leave. Right. Um, but it's so much fun to see them come because then, I mean, they don't go anywhere. So you get to see them every single time that you come. Yeah. So, you know, you start to build a relationship with those kids. You, you know, you recognize them, you remember their names. And now having gone so many times over the past four years, it's like, oh my gosh, you've gotten so big. Like, how <laughs> yeah. did you get this grown up? Um, so we go and do that, but there's also a place called Anne's. Um, well, we call it Anne's, but it's actually called God's Children Haiti. And it's a home for children with special needs. They do have some kids that are not special needs, um, but that's mostly, you know, who she has there. And um, gosh, we just love to go there. They love to play soccer. 
So they have a big open area for soccer. So we always take soccer balls. She has a basketball court. They love to play basketball. Yeah. Um, so we always do the same thing, like songs, lessons and crafts with them. And, um, they love to just be loved on. Of course. So even just going and let them sit in your lap and just hug on for them. They love that. Yeah. So we always go there multiple times when we're there. It's my favorite place in the world. Oh, I bet. It is my favorite place in the world. (laughs) Now you guys said you just went, did you say you just got back in February? February? Yeah. So how did, I mean, we just went through a pandemic. How, how did that affect them down there? I mean, was that a, was that as, is it harder in a third world country? I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did you guys have to go on a journey with it? I mean, I'm sure. Um, like, so we've traveling. been to Haiti twice with, with the mm-hmm. pandemic going on and we went to Kenya with it going on. Yeah. yeah. So we didn't really slow down, but uh, yeah, it affected Haiti. I mean, Roxanne asked me to take this question. She's like, she gave me the eyes. So, <laughs> like, um, yeah. Ahead. I mean, it's a third world country and they're getting a lot of their resources from America. And yeah. usually when something comes through Haiti, like a, disease or a virus or you know maybe just a fever you know they're they're used to pretty harsh conditions there's not hospital there's no there is hospitals but they're all like mission ran right so if you don't have money you're not getting in so it's not like we just had a kid when we were there getting a motor accident and like you're not walking through the door without clothes on collar shirt and money they oh, won't wow. even let you in so it's you know it's kind of interesting so with COVID, when it first hit we were all very in like panic mode, you know, like how can we make sure they have the right care? At least that ibuprofen in case they get fevers. Yeah. And a lot of our Haitian friends were expecting, you know, you know, honestly, I, this is terrible, but one said this like bodies in the street, you know, and that just never happened. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. Like the actual people that got COVID in Haiti, one, they don't really have hospitals. Not like they have testing going on, but no, there's not, nothing really happened. Like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a sickness ran through like the orphanage. Yeah. But it was, you know, nothing bad, nothing crazy. I haven't heard like one story of like wiping out anybody. And that's what they were expecting. Yeah. So it affected them really bad. And um, I'm going to say this and it's a harsh statement, but I'm going to say because it it's my heart. But last time we were there just a few months ago, I was trying to figure out where all the missionaries were. Because usually when you go to Haiti, there's missionaries. Yeah. Well, the biggest impact that the pandemic had on Haiti is 88% of missionaries have pulled out wow pulled out of haiti so mm-hmm. um you know i got a lot to say about that yeah <laughs> but yeah. I, yeah. I would say that well, you've got you've got the platform <laughs> I, mean, I just you know we we walk by faith mm-hmm. you know what i mean we don't walk by a pandemic and we don't walk by what the world's telling us to do but you know a lot of missionaries in haiti is a rough country and if it yeah. if it was going to be that bad you, you didn't really want to be there you know what i mean yeah. like there was no medical care but where are you now yeah. You know, I'm not blaming for the walking away for a couple months or whatever, but uh, we had people on the ground the day Haiti opened back up. Yeah. The day our our group of guys, there's like a core group and we've been, you know, adopted into that group. And uh, we had like six core people the day Haiti opened up walking into the country. Wow. And there's just no missionaries there right now. It's, it's very sad. So a lot of kind of what I was talking about with the earthquake where people, Oh, that was great. They did all this stuff. And then they were gone. Now they're gone. Yeah. Well, same thing with the pandemic and we're just praying. We're in faith that they come back. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now we have schools that aren't maybe getting as funded as well. We have missionary housing. That's just gone. You know, like people, no missionaries were there. I think we saw one, a guy from Canada. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, he runs the airports, the, 
the dirt airplanes. You make sure they're clean and stuff. So, cause we took a missionary airplane there yeah, and, uh, that was the only one we saw. And normally when you're in Haiti, yep. hundreds, wow. you know what I mean? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. And it's a mission ran country. I call it like, it's not, but the school, like she said, all the schools are private. So that means they're mission ran. They're yeah. all missionary schools that are funded by somebody in the States or France or Canada. And, uh, you know, nobody was there. So wow. that would, if you ask me what my biggest impact was, is where's the missionaries? Yeah. You know, they left them to their own demise and, and there's no, no time frame of when they're coming back. Like we'll ask Haitians and stuff and just nothing. Yeah. Um, so we do know Anne is on the ground right now mm-hmm. and that runs Anne's orphanage and she's been there since they pretty much opened back up. She's been, killing it but uh yeah um yeah so it's it's kind of sad it's kind of crazy to see you know the first few times we went it's just all these missionaries and there there's just nobody so hmm. it's been a big impact i've spoken to a couple people in other countries for the podcast and it's been interesting to hear their interactions with the pandemic like i spoke with someone in australia and i mean it was like nothing like she was like i don't know what's going on with you people in the united states <laughs> like, <laughs> she's like yeah. she's like but i mean she's like it was like uh i mean they i think they did finally lock down for like a week after a while but she's like yeah that was that was it now yeah. i mean but you're saying the the impact as far as the actual COVID virus wasn't like as we bad don't, there. Well, we don't know any. Well, like I said, it's not like there's tests to take everywhere, but we don't know anybody that you know fell ill or died or anything. Like you know, the Haitian people are they're strong people. Yeah, you know what I mean, and <laughs> their immune system is pretty strong. But you know, the fear of that coming in, I mean, it was was astronomical you know what i mean when you have yeah. a the united states is shutting down imagine how they felt right there's a small little country with no no medical so you know they were freaking out and they just never came yeah you know what i mean i mean i'm sure covid's gone through some places but it really no one's been really sick and I, it's just it was really hard on them you know what i mean like yeah. their country never really shut down and everyone just kept doing their thing but um just the impact that the missionaries have there is great anyways you know what i mean and like for no one to be there, it's tough. It's tough. Some people didn't get food for months. Oh, wow. You know, and little things. Luckily, like I said, the where we go with, and I, this is how, this is one of the reasons I love supply and multiply. But the people we go with, the missionaries we go with, is because it's 100% Haitian ran. Okay. So we are one of the only missionaries that I know that do that in Haiti. And I mean, I'm sure there's others, but there's not one American that's paid. Right. So what that means is when the pandemic happened, we just kept going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Gary, the director, he's a Haitian man. He just kept doing what he normally does, feeding the poor, you know, taking care of the elderly, doing jam club, uh, helping Ben with the youth group. Uh, Nothing really changed for them because we already had the thing, you know, it was already established that way. We, he runs, you know, that mission group every day anyways. Right. So for us not to be on the ground, yes, hurt for that couple months. Like I said, we are people were there the day it opened back up, but he really just ran it. You know what I mean? We just made sure Western Union had money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, he could get money as long as Haiti banks had money. He was going to get it. Yeah. And uh, so that was really nice. A lot of, you know, organizations didn't have that established. You know, it was, you no, know, we're, you know, we're the missionaries. Well, you know, Gary took care of all that. So, yeah. but yeah. So how do you guys, how do you guys fund this whole thing? I mean, like, how does this, uh, how does, is it all out of pocket for y'all or what's, what sort of, how does that <laughs> how can people how can people help with that? You know what I mean? Well, Roxanne and I personally are part-time missionaries, full-time fundraisers. Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Uh we fundraise all year. Uh 
from as simple as people donate a nightstand and we sell it on Facebook. Right. <laughs> um, when we put it all to missions or, I mean, our church, Roxanne runs an ice cream shop and all of our tips go to missions. So yeah. we are self-funded. Um, we have been for four years, right? Yeah, we get creative. Yeah. <laughs> we did you a polar plunge one year. Not doing that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll come up with any extravagant way to get funded for us personally. Um, but Supply and Multiply is an organization that we stand behind 100%. And uh, you can find them online or anything like that. Or, you know, Facebook, they have all the credentials and stuff like that. And we help support them as well. Okay. Well, I'll make sure to put links and all that stuff down. If you yeah. give me any of that stuff, yeah. I'll, put, I'll put it down in the show notes. Okay. And everything. Everybody can check it out. But, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's crazy that it's sort of out of, out of your own heart. <laughs> yeah. like, like a lot of people, a lot of people wouldn't do that. <laughs> I think that's part of that 88%. Right? <laughs> yeah. A lot of people think we're crazy. Cause like, uh, you know, that's pretty much, and he, I always joke like with people and I'm not bragging on my wife, but every time we get an extra couple bucks, I'm like, Oh sweet. We got, you know, money back on our taxes. She's like, okay, we're going to Haiti this day. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was like, we're not using it. Uh, that's not to brag or anything. It's just, that's our heart, you know? So whenever we could get back there, you know, whatever it takes. So yeah, we really do fundraise all year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, do you guys have like a GoFundMe or any way that people can like donate to you or anything like that? Or Nope. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a good idea we should no, do that i know and but it's what's funny is like we've never like gone on a trip and been like oh my gosh like yeah. we don't have the money to do it like oh, it yeah. always yeah god always shows up every single time yeah. i'll tell this it's one really story because cool. i know my brother won't care <laughs> Lily, <laughs> should i not tell it <laughs> Uh, well, well, you can't you now. now. Yeah, exactly. I'll say <laughs> the, the the torpedoes in the water, buddy. <laughs> Whatever. Maybe I'll make him move. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so uh, one year we were about to go to Haiti or one trip, and uh, we were five hundred dollars short. Yeah, and we were leaving in like what a week. Mm-hmm. Five hundred dollars exactly, and I was like, I don't know. We'll just start praying about it. I I can't do any more fundraising, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, so we were just like, we'll just pray about it, and uh, I start praying, and I was painting a house at the time. I got a phone call from my brother in California, and he's like. And my brother's not a believer, right? Like, yeah, he's he's a claimed atheist, so yeah, and he could claim that, but we're working on him, right? <laughs> and uh, you know, so pray for Josh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. uh, hashtag pray for Josh. Hashtag, hashtag pray for Josh. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, he just called me one day, and uh, it's kind of it's a running joke in our house, but and he said, "Hey, man, go, you know, I just felt like you this trip will be really good for you guys, and you guys will learn a lot, and I'm just going to give you five hundred dollars." And it, and I was like, okay. Yeah. And I always say, I tell my youth and stuff like that, like, uh, if you're going to spread the gospel, <laughs> God will even use the devil to send you. <laughs> oh I love you, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Josh, you're not the devil. <laughs> no, no, I was going to say, God made a way. Yeah. And he did. He opened up a door and that trip, I, it was exactly what we needed, you know? And uh, yeah. I believe that's a God movement. Exactly. I was literally just thinking that, Josh, if you're out there, God's God's working on you right now, bro. That's listen, right. Listen to your boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we've never we never lacked. I'll tell yeah. you that. I've never uh, we've always been very blessed and uh, always just trusted God with the financial part. We haven't hit the part where we're out there. Yeah. You know, with the GoFundMe's and a lot of people are trying to get us to start a nonprofit, which is why I listened to a lot of your podcasts because, yeah. you know, we're almost there. 
Um, and we're just trying to navigate that and pray about it. Yeah. Cause a lot of people in our church even will be like, Hey, you know, where can I help support? And I'm like, well, I'm not really even sure yet. <laughs> just give me money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I told Roxanne, I think we fundraised the year we went to Kenya, we fundraised like $4,000. I said, well, if we put $4,000 our bank account, the, the government's going to find us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's a thing. Oh that's yeah. Thing. I'm, I'm learning all about that, unfortunately, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, well we can talk offline. I mean, I can, I can definitely, uh, right. I can get you some info about uh about some stuff that i've been learning about too that's the cool thing about this is it's been like a learning process too like if you would ask me two years ago um like if i was gonna start a nonprofit, like <laughs> nah <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> nah i just i just want to talk to people on microphones like <laughs> but but yeah i mean it's 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 uh it's it's a journey and yeah. uh it's it's so crazy that you know i speak to people that have um that are believers that are non-believers all different types of people right and it's very interesting going back to talking about like how god makes a way in people's lives i mean my favorite part about this podcast it's not about the things that people do like there's all these different causes that i speak to people about and everything like that but whether they're a believer or non-believer, just like we were talking about, like Josh was his yeah. name. So just like we were talking about that, it's like I get to see like the little nuggets, the little yep. like sprinkles. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I see what's going to, I see what's, I see what you're doing there, buddy. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. like, like, uh, but it's, it's literally, it's, it's, it's like live, it's like live interpretation of scripture. Yeah. You know, oh, that's good. Do you guys have like a scripture that's, you know, for the ministry? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's like every time I go on a trip, I have a verse yeah. and I have a song. So this past trip was build your church. Okay. And um, that was my song. Yeah. <laughs> so this is my verse. It's Romans 10 and it's verse 14 and 15. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Yeah. And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Amen. So yeah. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's perfect. How are you going to get there unless he sends you? And how's he going to send you unless you believe in him? Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it keeps going and going. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of verses, uh, but I really have a statement I w- I'd like to say. I'd like... Um, yeah. So about three years ago, after I went to Haiti for the first time and I came back, you know, I got I got into prayer like, God, you know, these are believers like, you know, they're the same. We're this. They're the same children you know, under you as we are. Like, why are they living a different life? Like, yeah. you know, because, you know, the prosperity gospel is huge and, duh, 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 and we could keep going about American churches and this and that. And I was like, but they believe the same God we do. Right. You know, the, the thing about Haiti, it's so it, it's a. What do they say? It's 85% Christian and a hundred. <laughs> I won't say that part, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's 85% Christian. And you know, a lot of these guys are Christians and know the word and know the Bible. And like, people are like, well, you know, but they've lived a different life. Like I said, at the very beginning. And, and I, I really struggled with that. So I went to God in prayer and stuff like, Hey, how do I, how do I move forward now? Yeah. You know, I am back in America. I'm not living in Haiti. And uh, how do I move forward with the church, with everything? And God opened up to me, live an eternal life. So in, Amer- in America or even in our society, we think about Christianity as day to day, but God sees it as eternity. Yeah. So we live for eternity every single day as a believer. And the same thing with the Haitians and stuff like that. So 
I think the reason that God has really called us and called us into the missions or even every day when we go talk to our youth or we go to the food line or wherever you're at, wherever you're walking today or, you know, running the you know post office route or however that looks, whatever your daily life looks, yeah. you need to look at it as an eternal perspective that it's going to that whatever that moment you're in impacts your eternity yeah. and the person you're talking to. Yeah. So if we have that perspective, then how can we stop? Yeah. You know, Luke nine and, and 10 is that the harvest is great. So let me tell you what, there's work. Yeah. God, Jesus tells us there's work out there, but the harvesters are few. Yeah. So we have to have an intentional harvesting mindset. And by doing that, by God of revealing like the eternal mindset, the harvest part's been easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I, all I think about is eternity. So, you know, fundraising or giving my money when I don't have any or or just being a youth pastor or, you know, dealing with, you know, the stuff we do here. We do a lot here as well in America and, and uh, you know, throughout the Outer Banks in our community. And, you know, it's because we have an eternal mindset, Roxanne and I do. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that's really our my passion behind ministry in general. Yeah. You know, it's it's how do I impact the life for eternally internally? So it's not just today, but how do we get to the glory together? And yeah. what does that look like? You yeah. know, I'm a I'm like a revelation scholar. Like I love Revelation. Me too. It's my favorite book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. I'm actually studying it again right now. Yeah. And that that's all it's about. Like even like I was talking to a guy at work and they were they were today, they were talking about uh, things that are going on in the world. A lot that you see in Revelation, I, yeah. I told him, I said, guys, like we can, you guys can do all this stuff, but really, the only thing you need to do right now is is repent and believe in Jesus. Yeah, you know, this is at work, and they just start laughing. And I'm yeah. like, well, that's the only thing you can do. And I was like, but when tribulation comes, I'm not going to be here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, but you have seven years. Yeah, and all I could do is plant a seed right now. I told him this. Oh wow! And if we have that perspective, that hey, I can't save you, but Jesus can, yeah. and I could plant a seed today, like you were saying, sprinkle something out there. If I could yeah. just plant this little baby seed, yeah, well, something can impact you for Christ. It's six years from now, or maybe even the seven years of Jesus returns. I don't know. Yeah. But <laughs> um, you know, and you think back, like oh. Seth told me to repent and believe in Jesus. Well, I didn't tell you. The Holy Spirit told you. Right. But you'll figure that yeah. out. But we have to have an eternal perspective as believers. And that's how I get through everyday life. Because if I didn't, I'd probably just be like miserable. I'd be like, oh, the world's coming to an end. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I get Not it. really. But um, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah. So um, that's kind of helped me come back to America and still work. Cause a lot of people come back from a country like that and have a hard time with getting back into the church and stuff like that. Yeah. But we have to impact where we're walking today as well. Yeah. So. It amazes me, you know, listening to what you guys are saying, the impact that's been made on your life, and then sort of this infectiousness that you're you're taking around the world by affecting these people. You mm -hmm. know, you've gone to Kenya, you've gone to Haiti and stuff, but you're like focused on that. But do you guys ever like look back and oh, man. man, so we've got we've got like we've got a couple of we got Google photos and Amazon photos and all those things. And you ever like look through the photos from like Yes. years ago yeah. and you're like who is that person like <laughs> it's crazy like you know it's like it's like you're it's like you're looking at an alternate timeline or something like oh, yeah. that you know what i mean and even in this podcast like how we started our relationship together like i drop again i kicked out of college and i was partying <laughs> and a girl walked in playing a country song yeah you know what i mean <laughs> 13 years later i'm on a podcast talking yeah. about christ yeah <laughs> um it's definitely that way. I I don't cry. I, like I'm not a crier. I'm like a man. You You're know? gonna I'll, do it in a second. I no, see it coming. No, I'm not coming. Right uh. here, right here. <laughs> no. But uh, the other day, I was you know talking to somebody you know about missions, mm -hmm. and I was and then like they had like, well, how's it impacted your life? And I was like, if you guys would have seen me ten years ago, and yeah. you see me today, 
it's a whole different person. Yeah. You know, Jesus has really put a movement in my heart and my spirit that I can't explain. And I, the first thing I always think is like, why me, God? Yeah. You know what I mean? But it isn't why me. It's like, hey, I'm sending you. Yeah. You know what I mean? God's sending me. Jesus is. I don't really do anything, but just try to listen as best I can. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, and to, like I, I was making that statement I make to our youth all the time. Just take that next step. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't 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 go running down the road. Just take the first step and then yeah. the first step, and then the next step. And then it, eventually you'll be like moving through this life with Jesus. And you're like, man, this is fun and yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, definitely look back on the photos and it's funny. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? No, it is cool. I love to look back and so like I love to journal every time we go on a trip. Yeah. So I do it every day and I write down every single thing that we did, like yeah. where we went, who we met or what we ate, like who did the lesson, what the lesson was on, yeah. what we talked about at devotions, what song we sang. Mm-hmm. And so I love to go back and read them and be like, oh my gosh, like I forgot that we went there and we met this person or <laughs> like this is when we met that person and then look back at the pictures and then like I was saying, you know, you start to recognize the kids and remember who they are, but then to look back and be like, oh my gosh, look at how little they were. Like, yeah. so it's so cool. I love I always take a million pictures um, and I have them all in like, this is Haiti 2022. Like (laughs) have them all separated so I can remember what was from what. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. Those, those relationships that you guys have created now. um, I don't want to take it down. I don't want to make it dark, but you you did mention that you had some people that you know that passed away. Is that right? In Haiti? Yeah. 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 We, uh, so the elderly care home, it's an end of life care. Oh man. So, uh, they, they have them to the end of life, most of them. And, uh, so yeah, we have, uh, some people we know that passed away. I just bummed you out, didn't I? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm sorry. No. I don't really get bummed because I know they were believers. Yeah. They're, they're in glory right now, living a awesome life. Uh, yeah. great men of God and women. Uh, our first trip, actually, we went to a funeral, which oh, is wow. a funny story. I mean, Haitian funerals are a celebration. They're not sad. I mean, yeah. they are because someone passed away, but they are a celebration of life. Yeah, and uh, so it was a really cool experience. But uh, yeah, we've had uh, low boss. He just he just passed away when we were there this past time. This guy, he's we, his name's actually boss. But the whole time I met him, I thought he was just the boss of the construction guys. <laughs> so I thought that was like just what we called him, like right. boss, boss. And he's Seth Kai Construction. I'm like no Kai Construction because <laughs> he always got like, construction in Haiti is hard. And yeah. he would always like. Me and uh, my buddy Josh, he's always like, you guys coming to do construction? We're like, no, boss. But we always did. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you didn't really have a choice. He was the boss. Well, <laughs> yeah, he just uh, he just passed away, man. That was a hard one on me. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, he was a healthy man and a man of God. And just like we, you know, we sweated together. You know, we played yeah. together and, you know, just talked and goofed around and been men together. And then uh, we saw him. And I'm not even exactly sure. Like I said, the medical care in Haiti's not very well, but. You know, we just saw him like what uh, last year and we yeah. noticed his weight was down and he was like a healthier Haitian. And we we're like, yeah, boss, you know, what's going on? And, you know, the, the doctors, we sent him to the doctors and they didn't, you know, whatever. They didn't give us a real good answer. And then he passed away. Just, you know, and I'm just like, man, you know, in America, you know, I, 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 you got to go down that missionary American mindset. Like in America, you'd be fine. Like, well, yeah. well, and I, you know, you can't let your mind go down that road because he's, you know, he's a Haitian man and, and he impacted that community. Like yeah. he had a huge impact and his time <laughs> with serving Jesus was up and he went to heaven, you yeah. know, and that's the man fact you had to have. It's not, of course, like in America, you probably would have got on some diabetes pills or whatever it was, you know, but that's right. not an option there. So we did just lose boss. That was, that was a hard one on me. We went to his funeral when we were just there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, you make really close relationships with these people. And, yeah. And uh, Gary's wife, the director of Hayden, he, he she passed away. And uh, that was a really tough one on the whole community. And uh, so, yeah, death is a big part of the Haitian culture. It's, it's kind of, I don't want to say like no death is normal, but it, it's just there, you know? I got to be honest. I kind of wish our culture had more of that. <laughs> I mean, I, that that probably sounds weird for me to say, and I probably didn't explain it very well. So I'm probably <laughs> like, yeah, I think more people should die. No, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is like that respect, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that, that like, uh, I, I just feel like it's a bit more healthy than the relationship. You go to a funeral here and it just seems just like mm-hmm. dreadful almost. Yeah. You know? And yeah. it's, we can say all day long that it's a celebration of people's life, but I mean, you know, it, when you're there, most, most funerals I've been to, it doesn't really, it doesn't really feel like that. Yeah, yeah. totally. I, I tell Roxanne all the time, if I die before you, I want a Haitian funeral. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's disco balls at every one of them. Woo! Dead serious, bro. And I want one. That's got me written <laughs> all over it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. The music's good. There's a band. <laughs> there's dancing. You, I'm serious. There's date, right? You do a walk. I mean, yes, it's sad, you know, and especially for the widows. Like, boss had a wife and kids and stuff. And, yeah, but it is a celebration. It's, it's kind of fun. I enjoy it. I'm like, I'm having a Haitian funeral. Yeah. That's, it. That's how we're doing this. For sure, <laughs> With that being said, how does your trips that you've gone down there, how do they affect your life back here? I mean, do you guys, I know, I know, obviously you probably live differently, but I mean, do have you, have you brought any of that culture back here to America or like? Well, Roxanne no longer has any purses. (laughs) (laughs) You can explain that one. I know. So I love like expensive bags. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, everybody's got a thing. Everybody's got a thing. Yeah. And like not saying that. You can't have nice things, but because I still have nice bags, but I came home and I was like, I don't need any of this. I came rid of everything. And like, I went through my closet. I got rid of so like shoes and clothes. And then like, just like, was like, we don't need any of this. And then like, I don't know, we went somewhere a month later and I'm like, have you seen my black shoes? Anywhere? Like, he's yep. like, yeah, you got rid of them. I was like, oh man. Oh, man. <laughs> oh yeah. So we, we went through like a weird, our first time going, uh, and it, we're going to take a team soon. And the one thing I'll explain to everybody, everyone's going to ask a lot of questions about when we're there. And I'll try to answer that. Hey, we need to talk about when you get back. Yeah. Coming back is hard. It's oh, hard, right? Yeah. Like uh, yeah. your first trip. I mean, it's a culture shock. We've never, I mean, I mean, unless you've been to, you know, a country that poor, you don't know what to expect when you come back. And when you walk into the Atlanta airport or whatever, you're like, what? Even and you now, were only there for a week. Yeah. Even now knowing what to expect there and then what to expect when you come home. It's still like, like walking into the grocery store for the first time. It's like, wow, uh, yeah. all of these options. Yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah, what we, in the world? we've definitely brought some stuff back. I mean, uh, I don't know. We just, I don't even, I, like I said, that eternal perspective, you know, like our jobs, they matter. Mm-hmm. But as long as they're glorifying God or, you know, does our money glorify God that everything went to like, how can we be more strategic? You know what I mean? Like, Hey, they live a, a prosperous life if you just look at their life like just because it looks different it looks broken doesn't mean it's not prosperous maybe in america's point of view it's not prosperous but i think it's prosperous they have clothes on their back and food in their belly and the shelter yeah. you know like <laughs> and jesus all like promises these things um you know so yeah we don't we've we've been affected i, I will say like cars money we yeah. we just changed our it whole changed perspective you. it changed our entire life yeah huh? So culturally things we bring back is, uh, 
between her and I, we, we, uh, we reread the Bible to people. Yeah. I know that sounds funny, but you know, in America we have sermons, sermon series, we have, uh, you know, and there's nothing wrong with this, you know, and we have all these things and stuff. And, uh, we, one thing I learned there that sometimes you just need to open the Bible and read it and Jesus will do the rest. Yeah. The Holy yeah. spirit will do the rest. So a big thing for us when we came back is we just started doing Bible studies. Like we didn't have to make this big thing. We didn't have to make it a production. You know, that's something culturally we definitely brought back and not saying that that doesn't happen in America. It just seems like, you know, you got to watch a podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just kidding. But, uh, or you watch a video and then talk about the video yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. We still do that sometimes, but us personally and say, Hey, well, let's open up the word and let, and then pray about it before we read it Yeah, and let God literally reveal what he wants to reveal to us yeah. or to whoever we have in our house or, you know, youth group and stuff like that. We, we read the Bible. Um, that's something culturally we brought back, you know, cause they don't really have any, they can't really do production stuff. So yeah, they read the Bible. Mm-hmm. What else do you think? Um, we definitely don't waste food. Uh, <laughs> yeah. hey. I know yeah. that that sounds so like, cliche but i can't stand to throw away food and i'm not yeah. saying that everybody throws away food or whatever but it just like breaks my heart knowing that somebody else that i know tonight is probably not gonna have any food today yep. yeah. and i'm gonna throw away like five chicken nuggets because i oh, only yeah. wanted three you know like and it yeah. sounds so silly but it's so true i mean we know so many people that could be going to bed hungry tonight and yeah or like over buying stuff, you know, whether it be food or material things, yeah, is so hard. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like I don't need it. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get that. You know, I um, we have such a problem with food availability in this country, yes. and even now, just saying food availability, <laughs> it's like in my right? head, I was like, that's a joke. That's a yeah, joke talking real. to you guys. Like, yeah, it's real. Uh, you know, Roxanne mentioned, you know, kids are going to go without food tonight, and and mo- in Haitian culture, that's actually pretty normal. Uh, so the school sponsorship is such a big deal because that's usually their only meal of the day. They get uh-huh. a huge lunch, like the uh, like it's just rice, but it's a mound of rice and bean. It's like a bean sauce, yeah, really good, but it's huge. And usually, either they'll eat all of it because that's all they're going to eat, yeah. or they'll like save a little bit and take it home to their family and maybe their other brothers and sisters that aren't in school, yeah. Um, but so yeah, we will know, you know, a hundred kids tonight that might not eat. So food to us became a huge thing. I mean, just how we look at food, right. And how we, mm-hmm. our perspective on food, which sounds so funny, but, and that's some of the stuff I was talking about earlier when you go with us, or if you ever go to Haiti, make sure you talk to somebody about coming back. Yeah. Cause the first thing you do is you're like, I can't believe people are not eating tonight. Like, yeah, but you are blessed. Like yeah. we do live in America. We are blessed. So don't. I think it just makes you, if you take the right heart to it, it makes you respect everything a little bit more and just know, Hey, you're blessed. Like we have heaters and ACs going in our house right now and food on our table. And I don't even, I haven't been to the grocery store in a week, but I know there's food at home. So (laughs) yeah. So the first time you guys came back, did you have like missionary anxiety or anything like that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, man. I think I hated everyone. Yeah. So I guess like, so one of the things that I always say is, so as Americans, you can have anything you want. Like you can have, yeah, Yeah, Amazon Amazon. Prime. I can get it in two days or like bank loan. Like I can get, right. I can go to school. I can get a job. I can buy a house. I can buy a car. Pretty much any, almost anything that you want. Like as far as like what kind of car, what kind of house you want or whatever. And it's like, you, yes, we want things, but like you could have those here in America. Yeah. Like it's not like 
only some people can have it. Right. And I feel like Americans, they hold their value and their faith so much into things because we can have whatever we want. Yeah. Where you see the people in Haiti and they have, they do have food. Like, you know, the Lord blesses them and it's crazy. Like the things that they find their faith in is God. Yeah. (laughs) And where we find our faith in, like what we're going to buy off of Amazon or expensive (laughs) purses, or we're going to eat four times today because we can, and we can just go out to dinner because we don't feel like cooking dinner. And like, I don't know. I feel like there, people are so humble in Haiti. I feel like I want to just grab a hold of that and just bring it home with me too. Yeah. Because you don't need all of this stuff. Like they are like, their faith is so strong in the Lord I'm like, gosh, like, yeah, that's so awesome. I remember the first time we were there and I heard a little kid say, thank, thank you, Jay-Z is how you say Jesus in Creole, which is funny, dude. Yeah, that is kind of bro. funny. Like, the, first, <laughs> bro, the first time we went to church and this pastor was like, oh, man, Jay-Z, bonnet bonnet I'm oh, man, Jay-Z. I was like, are Jay-Z? I know. You know, like we didn't know what to expect. So yeah, Jay-Z. Uh, um, but I remember this little kid was praying or just talking and he was like, uh, I'm in Jay-Z, you know, merci for this manna. Yeah. I said, manna, manna, like, this is a manna, this is rice. But they know the Bible, yeah. and they know God provided. You know, hey, thanks for providing this manna, this food today, because I didn't work for it. I don't know how I was going to eat, but you provide it. And uh, that's a humbling experience the first time you see that. Uh, so definitely brought that back home, like, being just, just humbled about what God's blessed us with. And I'm not ashamed of anything God's blessed us with, and no one out there should be, like, that's why we say you got to be prepared to come home. Like, or you will purge your house and you, you, yeah. you will like freak out every night about how, like I'm eating this great chicken, but you know, they don't, I don't even know if my brothers and sisters are getting food tonight. Yeah. Um, so I always pointed back to like, we are blessed and, and make sure that you're giving that glory to God. You know what I mean? And like daily, every time I eat or every time I think about Haiti, that's like the first thing I think about is how blessed I am. Yeah. You know, beyond measure, we, we are the richest society in the world. Like in the most of the world, I'm considered rich. Yeah. You know, and my, my salary I, and, and I'm rich and that's a blessing. Yeah. You know, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> you know what like, I mean? Like that first time we came back though, we were like, oh my gosh, like we don't need to make this much money. Like I remember saying that, like, I don't need to make this much money. Well, that's a wrong perspective because right. God allowed that to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, that's allowing us to give up. We give monthly to Haiti. We give monthly to our brothers and sisters. Well, without the blessing of my job, I don't, I'm not able to do that. So yeah, that first time you come home is a little, you're shook. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I, I think you were just saying that. And like, there's like a little rough patch area out in, uh, out in Wanchis that doesn't have any cell phone signal. And I was like, come on Verizon, <laughs> yeah. you know? And now you're saying this and I'm like, I'm like uh, what am I doing with my life? It'll put right. it in perspective. <laughs> Well, that's crazy, man. So what do you guys need? I mean, what, obviously I'm sure donations would help, (laughs) but I mean, what, what exactly do you guys need for Haiti? What, how can people help you? (laughs) Help me help you. (laughs) Well, I will say, so supply and multiply needs a truck. We've been Um, tasked to find a truck. Yes. But, and we've been (laughs) praying about it and all the ones that are affordable that we find are a complete bus. Oh yeah. Yeah, Like this would not last two seconds on a road in Haiti. So the roads are, it's all like dirt, rocky, Rocky. rough roads. Um, We drive up into the mountains. Those are even more rough. 
Um, so they really need a truck. The one that they have now is like a 90 something Dodge Dakota that they don't make anymore. So we can't okay. find parts. So, and if you take parts, they need to be new parts. So to find new parts on a car made in the nineties is not yeah. going to work. Yeah. So, and, but not only that, the truck keeps breaking down. <laughs> yeah. And if it breaks down, that means that we're not getting to some of the places that we take food to people. And so it's difficult. And then, so now how are we going to get it to them? We got to get it to them, yeah. you know? So just makes it a little bit difficult. So we really need a truck. Okay. Um, it doesn't have to be a 2022 <laughs> Ford F-150 don't, diesel. Don't limit yourself, Roxanne. Like, yeah, don't Roxanne. Yourself. You don't Gene know what Ranch, God's doing. The, like, I'm going to go ahead and tweet at Chevrolet real quick. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If yeah. we could get... Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's, uh, we've been... I, you know, we kind of tasked ourselves with it, but we noticed uh, about six months ago that we needed a truck. And then talking to Chris, our good friend that, you know, started supply multiply, good friend of ours, kind of my mentor, he was like, Hey guys, can you guys get us a truck? And we're like, yeah, we'll figure it out, man. Let's just do it. And, uh, so we've been working on it for about six months, just trying mm-hmm. to talk it out, like figure it out, pray about it. Like what kind of truck, what's the best parts in Haiti. And so a truck is just like the big priority right now for, our group of friends, like I said, there's like a core group that go a lot and that is a a truck. We have a lot of, uh, you know, that's how we get our food donations to people. Mm -hmm. So without that, when it's broke down, it just makes everything way more difficult. So if we want to be specific about a truck, a Nissan frontier would Would be be amazing because (laughs) they are easy to work on and it's easy for them to get parts there. And I think also a Tacoma, yeah, Toyota Tacoma Toyota. would be good. Anything yeah. Toyota would be good too. Yeah. Yeah. Just as far as like getting parts there yeah. and we know that it can get the job done too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you never know. You yeah. Know, I've, yeah. Seen, I've seen some, I've seen some crazy things. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> some crazy things happen. Yeah. And if you have a Nissan frontier and you just feel led to get rid of it, my number is. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. All right, well, here's a segue. Here's a segue. So, <laughs> so how can people how can people contact you? I know you said you don't you don't really do social media, but do you have social media? Yeah. We do. Yeah. Do you, do you want the you know hundreds of followers that might come? Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'll take them on. <laughs> how can people get in touch with you, and how can people find out more about your ministry? Um, so Facebook, Roxanne Brown, and I'm on Instagram. So is Seth. Um, Supply Multiply also has Facebook and Instagram too. Okay. Um, so you can follow them. They have their website link on both of their pages. Okay. Um, and Chris Serber is the one that manages all of it. So if you message them, it's going straight to Chris. Okay. Yeah. He's really cool. He'll talk Great back. Guy. He's awesome. He's an ex-Marine. Yeah. Or I guess you're always a Marine, but great <laughs> guy, man. Awesome dude to talk to. Awesome. Um, and same with me. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Okay. Uh, just hit me up. What, do you, what, are your, what are your at names on Instagram? Roxanne B seven. Roxanne B seven. I knew he was gonna ask this. Ah, oh, you don't even remember it. <laughs> I know it's set around eight one eight one, but there's some line in there. Uh, <laughs> I'm really bad about this. No worries. <laughs> well, Misfits, we'll put all that stuff down in the show notes down below, and you know, definitely go check them out. You know what to do. Um, so we're winding it down towards the end a little bit, and at the end of every episode, I ask every guest. I'm not. I'm asking both of y'all. Oh. So um, I, it's it's one question and two parts. So what was the last goal that you completed and what's the next goal that you want to set for yourself? All right. So we were actually talking about this in the car. Um, <laughs> so I had a personal goal. I was like, I want to be in Haiti at least once a year, right. like not just once a year. Like I want to see 
Like I want to step foot in the country in 2018 and 2019 and 2020. Yeah. So, so far we've done that. Yeah. And I know it sounds kind of silly, but, and I want to go more than once a year, but that was my goal and we've accomplished it so far. Yeah. <laughs> on point. What's your next goal? Um, that's the spot. That's so, the one everybody pauses yeah. for. Yeah. I know. I'm like, gosh, so many things. Um, so we would love to do a vision trip with Coastal Family Church, hopefully yeah. in the fall. Okay. So just no more than 10 people. Um, just keep it small, especially for, it'll be the first time we lead a team by ourselves. Yeah. Um, we've always been on a team, but we've never led one. So 10 people would be, I think, enough people to rally around. But yeah. um, So that would be cool because then it gives us a time to try out leadership. Not try out leadership, but be the first time a leader on a trip. We've never done that before. So it'll right. look completely different from any other trip. Yeah. Um, I think it would prepare us too for if we are there for full time, you know, yeah. taking people and being like, here, this is what we do every day. Let me explain it to you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that would be a goal, a vision trip this year with awesome. Coastal. Now yeah. you guys you guys have taken people from here before though, correct? Just Carson. Just Carson. Carson. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and we've been working on the language, so that is why I haven't been comfortable enough taking a team, but okay. Yeah. I have been working on the language very hard in the past couple months. So is it? It sounds French. Is it? French? It's uh, it's like French, Spanish, and English all mixed into one. It's Creole. But you said you said it's Creole. Yeah, Haitian mm-hmm. Creole is what they call it. And uh, is it like the same as like Louisiana Creole? Or no? <laughs> no, no, no. Will no. they hate on? Are people in Haiti right now like I can't stand this guy? Yeah, like, they're like what's Haitian, like Louisiana Creole? <laughs> they won't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> <They're> like what? <laughs> no. But yeah, it's a. Uh, it's actually not. I've been picking up on it. Uh, not gonna get Roxanne. But, yeah. I know. So then, so by the time we take the team, I wouldn't be not. I'm I probably won't be fluent yet, but I'll at least get through some things. So, Sampas say, Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, "What's up, Wendy?" To our one of our youth kids that we talked to there a lot. Awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I would say one of my goals, uh, that we've accomplished is, you know, just taking that that first step. I think it, it, just to see where our life has gone with the the youth. Um. That was a goal of mine is to become a youth pastor. Yeah. And uh, in the last two years, it's happened. And uh, just to see the fruit of that, you know, we started with four youth and we're up to what, 20, 25. Yeah. And it's nothing but God. Yeah. There's so many God moments in the youth ministry and just pray for our youth in America. You know, it's it's a big heart of mine. I know we talk, we came here to talk about missions, but I could talk just as much about the youth and, you know, and around the world, but specifically our youth and just pray for them. They're living a different generation these days. Dude, yeah. I, I get yeah. it. I did not grow up with social media yeah. and they do. Yeah. So. It's, it's crazy. The impact and everything I was, I've, I've been thinking about that a lot. So like my son Monroe, he's, he's two years old. Yeah. And I mean, his life is going to be so much dramatically different. Yep. The stuff, the stuff that he, not, not just like the issues, but like the stuff that he sees, like yeah. I get, I, oh, I started getting convicted watching the Marvel movies. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> I love the Marvel movies. You're like, Dang it. I can't even enjoy these. I can't. <laughs> what is this? Oh, I know, man. And uh, yeah, they live a different different world. And I don't try to uh, necessarily understand. I just try to guide them. And uh, it's just been a big goal of mine to become a youth pastor in general. And, yeah. you know, we're doing it. And I, I love it. I just love it. So that was a big accomplishment. And then I would say my future goal. And uh, I'm, gonna sh- I'm not going to plug anything because I haven't started. I've only like put outlines out. But 15 seconds of awkward. God gave me a book to write when we were in Haiti one time. There it is. Yeah, it called 15 seconds of awkward. I believe that if you have a, I don't believe in, def- <laughs> uh, what is the word? I just went blank. But uh, 
it's just you have 15 seconds to make an impact for Christ. Yeah. You can get you can impact Christ with walking up to somebody in 15 seconds. And that's all you need. Yeah. And uh, it's something that I put on my that's what it is. I don't believe in divine appointments. I believe all is divine appointments. Yeah. And if you just take 15 seconds to think, hey, this is a divine appointment. It's going to happen. Yeah. And uh, so God put it on my heart. And then all these young adults we were with in Haiti at the time were like, oh, you got to write a book. And I'm like, I'm just talking about this. They're like, dude, this is a book. Yeah. So then I started praying about it. And then like a couple months later, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm writing. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. uh, so I've been writing for a little bit, you know, not nowhere close. But by the time I'm 40, I, I feel like God's told me I'm going to have a book written and we'll be full time missionaries. <laughs> awesome. So man. those are big goals, but uh, we do. We're believing in them in faith that yeah. we'll be full time missionaries in Haiti by the time we're 40. And that's a big goal of ours. <laughs> yeah, totally attainable. I, I totally see it. I mean, with you guys' passion, too, you can tell you can tell it's it's what you guys it, it comes through. Yeah. With, with with what you're saying, I can I can see that that's what you're about. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's that's awesome, man. I'm I'm excited for you. I'm excited to see where it goes. That's awesome. Man. So, well, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this guy up. We've been talking for a while now. Ooh. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you guys coming on. It's been a lot of fun. And yeah. um and Miss Fitz, like I said, I will uh, put all of that information down in the show notes down below. So um, if you if you want to help with a truck or if you want to help with anything, I mean, definitely go check these guys out. I, I really appreciate you guys' time. Thank and you. Thanks yeah, for coming thanks. on. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, you guys have a good evening. I'm going to talk to you later. All right. All right. <laughs> well, Miss Fitz, we did it. That's our episode. I want to thank you so much for listening and thanks again to our sponsors. If you want to find more information about any of our sponsors, there are affiliate links in the sponsors tab of our website over at www.misfit-heroes.com. You can also find information about all of our social media there, so be sure to follow us for immediate up-to-date information about the podcast. Please, Misfits, if you like this episode at all, do me a favor. Hit the subscribe button down below so you're notified of new episodes as they're released, and be sure to leave a rating or review of our podcast on Apple Podcasts and YouTube. Truly, Misfits, I love you. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, be kind, love one another, and be a hero.